Y2, green right off, nasty. Hound 2, Y booty, X facing back right on. 580! Green 87! GLIAC Football Weekly starts right now. Now here's your host, Jake Reitma. Oh yes, that is me, and this is GLIAC Football Weekly. Let's get the party started. Jake Reitma, so glad to have you along for the third episode of GLIAC Football Weekly. The only, the only podcast dedicated to the latest and greatest on the gridiron in the GLIAC. And we so appreciate you tuning in. What a show we have lined up for week number three, the third edition of season two of GLIAC Football Weekly. Our sit-down guest this week is the head coach of the Davenport Panthers, Sparky McEwen. We'll get to that interview in just a second. But before we do, of course, we got to unpack everything that happened in week two on the gridiron in the GLIAC. And to close out the show, of course, we will look ahead to week number three. But make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. It was a little bit of a tough week in the non-conference slate for the GLIAC, especially in the early going. Three GLIAC schools earned victories, five suffering setbacks. Let's run through the scores here real quick. If you haven't found out by now, then um, you've been living under a rock. But just in case, Davenport gets a dramatic 10-6 win over Walsh. Again, we have our Sparky McEwen interview coming up here in the show that we can get into all the details of that dramatic win for the Panthers to move to 1-1 one and one here in the early going. Wisconsin Oshkosh goes to the Upper Peninsula, to the Superior Dome, and knocks off Northern Michigan 28-10, the final on that one. Saginaw Valley State suffers the road loss to Bowie State 28-19, the final on that one. This was a game where the Cardinals trailed by just two late in the fourth quarter with the ball 21-19, but could not get together a scoring drive, and then uh, the Bulldogs kind of ran the clock out with a long touchdown drive um, that gave them the 28 over 19. So Saginaw Valley right there just came up short at the end. Northwood gets blitzed by Tiffin, 40-6. to Another tough defeat for my Timberwolves, and this was a game they, the Northwood scored first, but it was all Tiffin with 40 unanswered points after that. So uh, another setback for the Timberwolves, who will look to, uh, they're, no, they're off this week, so a bye week for Northwood. Wayne State falls to 0-2 as well after suffering the loss to Truman State 27-9. Another one where the Warriors just were never in this one, even at home. Truman State comes in and has their way with the Warriors. Michigan Tech and St. Thomas, Division I opponent, St. Thomas out of Minnesota. It goes the way of the Tommies. That's right, the Tommies, 12-9 victorious at Curley Stadium. So Michigan Tech, 1-1. Ferris State and Grand Valley State in the nightcap. And I had the pleasure of attending the Grand Valley State game. What an atmosphere at Lubber Stadium. But Ferris State over former GLIAC opponent Ashland. They absolutely blitz them, have their way. Jared Barnhart, again, GLIAC Offensive Player of the Week. He rushed for over 200 yards, and I touched on it in the column. But wow, can this guy play. And obviously, Ferris State just loaded. Number two team in the country. Can't say enough good things about Tony and Ice's squad and the Ferris State Bulldogs. But 45-19, to this was another one never close. I believe... It was 38 to 3 at one point, but again, I was a night game. I was full disclosure, I was at Grand Valley, so I was scoreboard watching this Ferris State Ashland game and uh, 
when you're scoreboard watching at a different game and it's it's never really close you just kind of i wouldn't say you tune out but it's just kind of a uh, again full transparency well ferris ferris state's having their way and then you check the box score afterwards to confirm everything and uh yeah sure enough the the bulldogs are tough this just in ferris state um they're good now grand valley state again uh, any game, anytime I have a, the opportunity to attend a game in person, obviously uh, I'm going to have more details to pass along and, and you know, some firsthand takeaways. And Grand Valley State and, and Matt Mitchell's team, you could not say enough about how ready to play they were against a quality opponent. Make no mistake about it, Colorado State Pueblo comes in nationally ranked and historically a a very solid program. This was a playoff team from 2019, but Grand Valley State just blitzed them, overwhelmed them from the very beginning, from the opening kickoff. They uh, a scoring drive right away, and I mentioned this in the column, but Cade Peterson was elusive on the ground, especially in that opening drive. He was making it happen um, with his legs from the quarterback position, and it resulted in a scoring drive to open the game 7-0 Lakers. They get a 3-and-out, and Juwan Johnson, who was Gliak Special Teams Player of the Week, so congratulations to him, takes the punt the ensuing punt back 80 yards for a touchdown and before I could get settled in and and dialed into my my assortment of goodies in the press box there at Grand Valley State the, it was 14 nothing Lakers the crowd was going nuts and again it was a it was an absolutely ruckus atmosphere a lot of fun to to just and I told Tim not this uh, again uh, big thanks to Tim not for um, all the hospitality and taking care of me at, at, at the game there at Grand Valley at Lubber Stadium. But it was just so great to see fans in the stands cheering on their teams. And obviously, I mean, you guys know me. I'm not, I'm a GLIAC guy, of course, first and foremost. But just the appreciation for GLIAC football being back with fans in the stands. I just, I had a moment at Lubber Stadium where I was just soaking it all in and what an atmosphere. And again, big thanks to the Grand Valley staff and, and Tim Knott for, for the hospitality, but 34 to 14, the final in this one. And another big takeaway I had from Grand Valley was just how deep they are defensively. And, and Abe Swanson was GLIAC player of the week at linebacker. I think he had 50 tackles. No, not really, but played a tremendous game at linebacker, but defensively Grand Valley, and you could say offensively too, but just they had the luxury of rotating guys in, especially in their front seven and the, the defensive linemen. And it is so key to have fresh bodies up front. And there were several different plays in the first half where Colorado State Pueblo got behind the chains. It's third and long. And you just look down and Grand Valley is rotating in three fresh pass rushers on third and long who, you know, they're just guns ablazing, just rush the passer. You know, it's going to be a pass. And uh, a couple the one led to a, a strip sack and, and they just, they made Colorado State Pueblo uncomfortable um, the entire night long. And uh, obviously the lopsided score 34 to 14 indicates that as well. But Big takeaway from Grand Valley, Cade Peterson can make it happen um, on the ground. Tons of weapons to work with as well. Juwan Johnson I already talked about, Hunter Risen, and then that three-headed backfield um, of the running backs for Grand Valley State with Bryce Young-Walls, Arian Kane-Vese, and I believe Tariq Reed. Yes, yes, um, those three are, are going to be um, problems for, for GLIAC opponents here um, moving forward. And I mentioned this in the column. Um, obviously, Ferris State is the hunted number one team in the conference. Uh, 
and uh, second ranked in the entire country. But that anchor bone showdown on, I believe, the 16th. I got to double check October, but that is going to be a lot of fun. But I'm looking too far ahead and 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 getting ahead of myself. I want to keep it here, keep it fresh on the Gleak Football Weekly podcast here in week number three. Again, your winners from week number two, Ferris State, Grand Valley, and Davenport. Teams suffering defeats were Michigan Tech, Wayne State, Northwood, Saginaw Valley State, and Northern Michigan. So that's your week one scoreboard and time now for probably the best part. Yeah, not no, no probabilities about it. It is. The best part of Gleak Football Weekly is when we get to pick the brains of all of our favorite head coaches. And this week, I was Pleased to be joined by special guest Sparky McEwen, the head coach for the Davenport Panthers. So without further ado, here he is, Sparky McEwen, head coach for the Davenport Panthers. All right, as promised, we now welcome on the head coach of the Davenport Panthers, Sparky McEwen. Coach, thanks so much for being here with us today on GLIAC Football Weekly. Really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll kick it right off with an exciting win for you guys that went down to the wire. I mean, talk about a, uh, a game of inches, a game of a couple yards there. The defense gets a big stop against Walsh to preserve the victory, 10-6. Obviously, that's the most exciting part that uh, stands out when you read the recap. But uh, for those that weren't there, take us through that 10-6 victory a little bit over Walsh. You know, we knew going in that this was going to be a, a, a tough football game for us um, for a couple reasons. Um, you know, the head coach there now, he's been around for a while. And he's familiar with GLIAC play and he's done a good job of recruiting, getting some, you know, players in there. So here's his opportunity to, to obviously put a foot his footprint on that uh, program. So we knew it was going to be a tough game. And, um, you know, they beat West Liberty in the first week and uh, we went up against a, a, a very, very tough Truman team. And um, Jake, you know, just to be honest with you, um, the Truman game that we played the week before, it was 14-21 you know, in the fourth quarter. And we were hanging tough with a team that I thought was, quote, unquote, a better team, okay? And when I say a better team, that's all that matters, okay? And that's what we always talk about often is, you know, we like to go against quality opponents and ones that, you know, we need to raise our level of play. And um, in that first Truman game, uh, we didn't match, you know, that uh, energy level of discipline, of consistency, and so we, we took that L and we went into the next week. And our whole theme, our whole theme that week was get back across the line with a victory, you know. And I tweeted out, you know, I feel much better when I was crossing the Michigan line, you know. And uh, I took a picture of it. Um, I knew it was going to be extremely tough going to Ohio to win that game. And it was just, it was every bit of that as advertised, a uh, very chippy game. Um, you know, our players, I felt did a pretty good job of, um, of, uh, you know, doing things the way that we've asked them to do things on the field. And, um, at the end of the day, our, our theme was get back across the line with a win. And we did that wasn't the prettiest. Uh, I didn't have Deandre Ford in that game and Blake Daniels came in and I felt like Blake did a very solid job for us, uh, good enough to, to win that game. Absolutely. Recapping an exciting 10-6 victory for Davenport in week two with the head coach Sparky McEwen here on GLIAC Football Weekly. And coach, you talked a little bit about energy level and finding a spark and things of that nature. 
And so one thing that jumps out to me, obviously, is the onside kick. And it led to um, your touchdown, your only touchdown of the game. Is that something you go into the game knowing you've got it in the hopper? Or was that more of a uh, in-the-moment decision, hey, this can spark our guys and, and we see an area that we can take advantage of? Or what, what led to the decision to pull the trigger on the onside kick? Well, you know, when it, when it comes to scheming teams, uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about often around here is that we've got to find ways to win football games. And if that means a trick play uh, here or there, we're, we're going to do that. If that means on, on special teams going after a punt or an onside kick, we're going to do that. Now, with that being said, we also feel like we have to spend extra time scheming teams and, and trying to find out where they're deficient at or some weaknesses are. And, um, you know, hats are off to my special team staff. who are doing a tremendous job of, of seeing some things that um, we had a shot at. Now, just because you have a shot at something, you have to execute. And at that time, Brian Pleeg, man, to his credit, he was honorable mention on GLIAC this week, player of the week, um, as a kicker. He did a great job of executing the play we needed in order to um, pull that thing off. And obviously the players are just another part of the puzzle that has to pull off something like that. So we needed it and, and it's not going to change, you know, uh, as we move on through the season, because the GLIAC is so tough. And, and we know that every week we're going and we're shorthanded, man. And, and our guys know that we're, we're really, truly, I like to tell people that we're, we're super blue collar and you would not believe that in the last three years, we're one of, one of only three teams without a losing record, you know, on overall season. And, and when I, when people hear that, they're like, you got to be kidding me. And I says, well, we just grind, you know, we're not pretty. Um, you know, we fight to the end. We've never blown a team out. Uh, we've actually been blown out. Um, so we're, we're just a, a, a grit group, you know, and, we feel like that um, each week it'll give us a chance if we just go in and play as hard as we can and and, and just uh, leave it all on the line. Absolutely. Uh, we talked with um, Northern Michigan's head coach, Kyle Nystrom, last week, who had a similar mindset, that blue-collar approach. And obviously, as we look ahead to the calendar in week three here, that's the next opponent. So I want to jump ahead right now to uh, the Northern Michigan Wildcats. They're on the clock for you. Um, you've already kind of outlined two similar teams in terms of mentalities and approaches. And um, what have you seen on film from Northern Michigan thus far? And what's the game plan moving into Saturday? Well, you know, we always like to start with uh, our opponent's coaching staff. You know, it's a, it's a veteran coaching staff, um, you know, when it comes to their schemes. So, with that, for me, we like to know that if we get deep into ball games and we're going against veteran coaches, we know that, um, you know, they're going to be extremely sound in schemes and what they're thinking. The second thing we like to do is go in and, and take a look at the roster and see, um, you know, the style of play uh, schematically. Um, is it a great matchup? You know, uh, it's just like boxing. I'm a huge boxing fan and certain fighters, they're, they're, I mean, all these guys are great fighters, but certain matchups, man, you're not good for this guy, but you may be great for that guy. So we go in and we take a look at their roster, how it compares to ours and how we're built and what's that look like in a, in a great ball game. Okay. Um, and then the next thing, you know, we take a look at is, you know, um, that's really super important to me is how, how deep, you know, 
are our opponents roster roster wise. Okay. With talent, you know, if these guys are extremely deep with talent and they know they can roll at us in waves, you know, you think just to give you a great example, fair state rolls at you and with two offensive lines. Okay. And, and so when you're going against opponents like that, now, when it comes down to game planning and scheming, you got to game plan and scheme that as well, you know, because you know, your guys are going to wear down at some point in time. So, um, you know, we go, we, we, we go into this thing um, with three objectives and that we look at, you know, teams. And um, when you take a look at Northern Michigan, they're well coached um, offensively have the scheme that if you're not prepared to stop the run, then they're going to run you over. Okay. It's just, it's plain and simple. Okay. You're going to have to stop the run. Um, defensively, they're going to be uh, a hard nose. They're going to play um, assignment um, free, you know, uh, mistake free football. And, and, and they're more of a bend, but don't break style. Uh, so you're going to have to be disciplined with what you want scheme wise, schematically. And last but not least, you're going to have to hold them to the football. So, uh we know that this is probably Kyle Nystrom's best football team since he's been at Northern Michigan, uh, talent-wise. Um, he's he's obviously has uh, done a tremendous job of confusing that roster with more speed. Uh, it's a faster Northern Michigan team than what they've had in the past. So they obviously give you, you know, a multitude of um, different ways that they can beat you. They can beat you in the special teams game. They can beat you on the offensive side of the ball, and then they can definitely beat you on the defensive side of the ball. Visiting with Sparky McEwen, the head coach for the Davenport Panthers, and Coach, looking internally to to your squad ahead to Northern Michigan, you talked a little bit about uh, being without DeAndre Ford in Week 2 and Blake Daniels stepping up. What is that process playing out to be? And then um, kind of a follow-up, you notice you ran the ball extremely effectively in week two. Is that going to be a continued point of emphasis for you guys moving forward against Northern? Well, you know, for, for, for us, it's really important that in the GLIAC, you have to be able to run the football. If you're not able to run the football, um, you're, you're going to lose football games. So to establish or to reestablish our ability to run the football um, in the spring, as you know, Jake, we were the only GLIAC team to actually play official games. And a point of emphasis was to run the football. Okay. We have a three headed monster here and, and um, our running backs and all three of the guys, you know, my number three running back was, I will mention all GLIAC this week and Jair Harden, you know, he's an excellent, excellent uh, little running back. And we just knew going into the last game that we were going to have to run the football, whether DeAndre was under center or not, we needed to run the football because Truman just, you know, uh, stuffed us, uh, got after us pretty good, created some issues for us in the run game. And uh, so we made an effort that we were going to really do things in our power, everything in our power to uh, establish a run uh, in regards to my quarterback, um, you know, DeAndre's DeAndre's fine. Um, you know, it's one of those things right now. I do know that we're in the process of uh, non-league schedule. And, Jake, it's no secret. We're, we're a young program. We are a young program, man. And I have an outstanding leadership here. And, um, you know, with my AD and administration, they know that we're building something outstanding here. And But with that being said, you know, um, I got to make sure we're deep at each position. And this is the last year that I have, you know, DeAndre and – 
just knowing that DeAndre, obviously, he'll be back with us, you know, this week and um, getting getting Blake's, you know, feet wet. Um, that was extremely important to us to go into a game and make sure that he can get a game under his belt because we really feel like in order to be successful in the GLIAC this year, um, number one, you're going to have to be able to run football. Number two, you get you need a quarterback. And, 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 and so for us, DeAndre's done a tremendous job up to this point. Uh, DeAndre is still our starting quarterback. Uh, but now, as you see, uh, we also feel like we could do some different things in the running game, uh, you know, with um, Blake. You know, Blake rushed for over 70 yards in a game. Um, I think he was our leading rusher. And so um, I'm excited about what the future holds for us, uh, you know, with Blake as a quarterback that obviously can run, you know, the football as well as pass. No doubt about it. It is fun to kind of speculate of you know, when you get a couple of different options of, of how you can utilize th those pieces to the puzzle. But coach, I've had you in uh, game plan mode here all the way. So I want to, if, if, if you can, to the best of your ability, relax a little bit, you know, we'll kind of have some more lighthearted questions to, to close it out a little bit here. And uh, you touched on a little bit, but thinking back to the, the spring season where you guys did elect to play, um, play a couple of games against Gannon. Um, you know, I know you don't like to look in the rear view mirror per se, but, uh, what do you think were some benefits of playing in the spring and, and just having that time to come together as a team? And, and was it meaningful? And did you feel like it was uh, worth your while to play those spring games? Well, you know, Jake, a couple of things went into playing in the spring and then playing Gannon twice. I knew what our schedule was going to be like. We played Fair State twice and we play, um, we play uh, Northern Michigan twice. Okay. So, when I coached professionally, that was common. You play a divisional opponent twice. These young kids have no idea of what it's like to play that type of schedule. So I purposely scheduled Gannon twice. Win or, win, win, to win the game or lose the game, it didn't matter to me at that point in time, but I needed my guys to understand what does it feel like in order to play a university college football team twice. And, and we did it. We did it successfully. And either game could have went either way. Um, so we talk about the professionalism of lining up and playing a team twice. And our guys now have experienced that. They've been there, done that. That was part of the reason why I wanted to do it. The second reason, our guys said they wanted to play. They wanted to play. And, and quite frankly, I get coached to help these guys, um, you know, uh, attain a degree and to play football. And so we took a vote and our guys wanted to play and, and knock on wood, man, our guys handled the COVID situation extremely well. Um, matter of fact, uh, our leadership here has, has called us out on the, the job that we did preparing our guys to go through COVID. But as you know, man, it could change that fast. And we're aware of that. And, you know, our players have done a good job. Our coaches have done a good job, but we know it's, it's, it's one of those deals that's fluid. It could change. You know, we could be wiped out. Um, but, you know, we're going to do our part and make sure we take care of our business and, and, and maintaining uh, proper protocols. You know, we follow the CDC orders and things like that. Um, so it was a big, it was a huge advantage. It was a, a huge advantage to the point where this is a young program. We're getting better. We're, get, we're, we're getting better, man. And, and we're building traditions we're building culture and so that's another reason why it was important for us to play 
Absolutely. I, I love just getting the perspective uh, of every, everything that goes into the decisions. And because uh, I know I know it's not easy as the as the head coach, the CEO, you're, you're constantly juggling uh, a million different things. So um, and I know your time is precious, so I'll get you out the door with one more. Um, I just love to pick the brain of every head coach we have in this awesome conference about um, how you how how Sparky McEwen got to this point in his coaching career and just some of the really memorable lessons you've learned along the way, as well as maybe maybe some influential mentors that uh, have helped you through the process to become the head coach at Davenport. You know, it hasn't been easy. I could, I could tell you that uh, Jake. And, and I think we talked about this before um, my travels has been much different than many of the coaches in this profession uh, this year. I think it's my 33rd year coaching and, you know, I've been blessed because many coaches, they they'll start at the high school level and they'll start at the high school level as teachers um, I did teach a couple years, but um, I pretty much have been a professional coach. Uh, this is what I've done, you know, throughout my career. Um, you know, I coached in the AFL for 13 years. And, and, and one of the things that helps us out tremendously is because of my ties across the country, you know, whether it be collegiate coaches, because at one point I was a pro head coach and a pro coordinator. And we dealt with a lot of the NFL people, the CFL people, and then the Power Five people, because that's that's who my roster was. So I've been able to carry that over and, um, you know, I've, I've dealt and, and, and built some great relationships across the country. And that's why we're able to recruit the country the way that we do. Um, and then the other thing is I've had some outstanding people that I've worked with, you know, in the past. Um, you know, I've worked with um, a few people here that you're familiar with. I've worked with Tony and niece, you know, I've worked with, um, you know, Nystrom. I'm just I'm not, now I'm talking about guys you know, of the collegiate level. I've worked with Esposito that's over at Western Michigan. Um, I've worked with a number of people, you know, uh, Sturzma that's over at Hope. Um, but there's a tremendous amount of people that I've worked here, you know, in the West Michigan area, in the state of Michigan, then that many more across the country. So uh, connections have given me an opportunity. Um, unfortunately for me, you know, I've kind of developed this reputation for going in and, and taking over programs that have been doormats and building them up and, and turning them into champions. Um, I've had expansion projects at the pro level, uh, at the high school level, I've taken over programs there that were just uh, doormats as well and turned them into champions. So um, it's a lot of work involved in what I do. Um, I wish I could be one of those coaches, man, that those beautiful jobs falls, in, falls into my lap. But, you know, man, I, you know, I think that's the hand that I've been dealt, you know, so I've accepted that. And um, we got a lot of work to do here. And all of a sudden, man, late in my career, I, I, I get to Davenport gig. And once again, here it is. You got more or less like an expansion project here, um, a startup program. And uh, we're already making noise. And I'm extremely um, excited about that. And, and, and when you go into a conference like the GLIAC, some people think you're crazy to take over that type of program. But I've always been uh, a competitive person. I've always been a challenge freak. And uh, this has been this has been the toughest job to date, you know, this late in my career to take on a Davenport program at the D2 level um, and, and try to get this thing rolling. Well, it's been a lot of fun watching you build the program, Davenport joining the conference in 2017. And coach, we really um, look forward to you continuing to, to build the program at Davenport and wish you all the best, all the success moving forward. And thank you so much for your time here on GLIAC Football Weekly. Hey, Jake, thank you, man. And, and listen, once again, I, I love what you do. 
Um, you bring a bunch of class to what we do here in this conference. And, you know, that has a ripple effect across, you know, the D2 landscape. So continue to do what you do. And um, I look forward to seeing you down the road. Hey, thanks so much. I appreciate that. I'll, pay, I'll, I'll send you the check for saying that. It's all right, man. Go Panthers. <laughs> All right, my sincerest gratitude to head coach of the Davenport Panthers, Sparky McEwen, for stopping by and spending some time on GLIAC Football Weekly. A lot of good stuff in there, per usual, but always appreciate. And, and I think that's just a testament to uh, all of these coaches who are willing to spend time with me. And um, I mean, I can't even get my friends to hang out with me over over Zoom, but uh, they'll, they'll spend some time with me in the midst of busy, a busy week game planning and preparing for their opponent um, and just share a little bit of insight on their program. So sincere thank you to Sparky McEwen. Of course, we had Kyle Nystrom on week one. And, I, and again, it's a real highlight for me to be able to uh, have a conversation with all these head coaches and, and let them shed a little light on their program and, and what they're working for here in the midst of a busy Gleek football season. So with that, let's look ahead to week number three on the gridiron in the Gleek. Uh, mentioned in the open a couple of GLIAC games on the slate where teams will be uh, opening GLIAC play. Let's start there with Davenport and Northern Michigan up in the Upper Peninsula at the Superior Dome. Northern Michigan looking to bounce back after a 28-10 defeat to Wisconsin Oshkosh. Davenport looking to continue the winning ways after their Week 2 victory over Walsh. This is a game that um, maybe if both teams have their way, it could be done in um, 60 minutes. Exactly. Because the both, well, I, I'm sorry, I factor in a little bit of time between quarters and, and halftime, of course. What I'm getting at is both teams want to run the ball. Both teams want to establish that ground and pound game. So I think it could be a quick game. It could be a um, who has the, the ball last type of game. Who who executes and and there we go, Jake. Get into your get into your cliches. Oh yeah, it's all about it. All comes down to execution. Who's going to execute better? But um, no. In 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 all seriousness, I think uh, both these teams have similar personalities, pers- uh, similar mindsets, and it's kind of funny because the two coaching guests that we've had so far in season two of Gleek Football Weekly have been Kyle Nystrom and for Northern Michigan and Sparky McEwen for Davenport. Both of them Tony and Issa's disciples. Both of them very familiar. With with one another. So there's there's not a lot of secrets uh, in this game, you know. Not um I don't think either team's going to show up without uh, without having a very good idea of what the other is trying to do. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out in the Superior Dome. I'm going to go with the Davenport Panthers to get the road win. Um, I just think on paper they're a little bit more talented. And again, um, this is this is a toss up. I really do think this game is going to be a one score possession. You know, come down to the very end, just like Davenport's game against Walsh did. So that Davenport defense has has shown to be pretty um, pretty tough. As but Northern Michigan. Um, offensively, you know, they got shut down a little bit against Wisconsin Oshkosh, but uh, did score 27 points in week one against McKendry. So this one is, is tough to pick, but give me, give me the Panthers over, over Northern Michigan. Um, the second game on the slate a little bit later in the afternoon, Wayne State traveling to Missouri SNT, a little GLIAC GLVC battle. And Wayne State, uh, I just don't know what to make of, of the Warriors yet here in, in 2021. Of course, 2019 seems like ancient history 
by now, but that was such a good year for, for Wayne State and Paul Winters, and uh, they really took such a step forward. And don't forget that that season also got off to an 0-2 start. So just because the Warriors are 0-2 does not mean that they can't turn it around. They've shown that they can do it, and perhaps, just perhaps, this is the week they do so with a little non-conference victory over Missouri S&T. So still questions at quarterback. Again, I mentioned it in the column that uh, Jake Amright started week number one, and then um, it was the kid out of uh, Chip Valley, I believe. Yes, yes, he went to Chip Valley. Um, that started game number two for the Warriors in Josh Kolka. So will it be Amrine or Kolka? Because Amrine had the touchdown, uh, the the Warriors' only touchdown in week number two. But I think as Kolka is is starting to progress and become more the 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 go-to guy under center for for Wayne State. But uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. But still, give me the give me the Warriors over over um, Missouri S and T even though it's a long road trip for for Wayne State and some of these non-conference games. And, and heck, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir for Michigan Tech and Northern Michigan. All of their road trips are, are long. So Wayne State just gets a little taste of what that's like with the long trip to Missouri S&T. Three o'clock afternoon kick for Grand Valley State and Wisconsin Lacrosse Division Three opponent and the Grand Valley State Lakers who I believe moved up quite a bit in the rankings. Um, in fact, yes, they, they did. I have them now in front of me. Good work here, Jake. Uh, right on it. The D2 football rankings. Um, and again, we've talked about this at length before. A couple of different uh, rankings that come out weekly in the top 25 for all of the D2 football landscape. But given my my affiliation or my contributions, I jeez, I, Jake, I, I wouldn't call them contributions, but my... Um, my affiliation with d2football.com. I'm going to go ahead and, and use those just to be universal here. But Grand Valley State moved up from 21 in the country all the way to 12 after their big victory over Colorado State Pueblo. So again, using the d2football top 25 for our uh, for our barometer here so that we're all on the same page. But give me the Lakers over Wisconsin Lacrosse. No disrespect to Wisconsin Lacrosse, but they have no shot in this game. The Grand Valley State Lakers at home, um, tough to tough tough for anybody to beat, and I just think the the gap between um, um, depth, talent, all of that good stuff between a Division two and Division three opponent. Again, no disrespect, just uh, the way it is. Uh, call it how I see it. Grand Valley State wins this one by at least three touchdowns. All right, our lone nightcap of the game of the weekend: Ferris State at home against Saginaw Valley State. Top Taggart Field under the lights in. Big Rapids. Give me Ferris State big in this one. A um, couple interesting notes here. It's another uh, coaches reunion. Of course, Ryan Brady, the head coach for Saginaw Valley, coached under Tony Anise for a while. So a little disciple, uh, Tony Anise disciple matchup in this one. Ryan Brady, I believe, yes, second season. Um, well, tech, I mean, I don't know how we're doing this with the whole 2020 season that went by the wayside, but 2019 was his first season. Uh, Ferris State beat Saginaw Valley that year, and now here the second opportunity for Ryan Brady and his staff to try to try to pull the upset over Ferris State. But too much firepower for the Bulldogs offensively, and um, I don't know about running away with this one just because anything can happen in the GLIAC, and I hate to you know you don't really set yourself up for any 
you don't you don't do yourself any favors to just say oh yeah they're gonna run away with it i say this of course right after i said grand valley is gonna run away with it over wisconsin lacrosse which i believe they will but and i believe ferris state will win by a couple of touchdowns here against saginaw valley but don't count out the cards too much because i mean uh their game last week against the bulldogs of bowie state they top 25 opponent and they're on the road with every chance to win that game so the cardinals um have shown that they can be tough here in in 2021 but i still like ferris state to win handedly so there's your week three prediction slate again give me Davenport over Northern Michigan in the one o'clock kick Wayne State over Missouri S&T in the two o'clock kick three o'clock kick we've got Grand Valley State over Wisconsin lacrosse and then the lone nightcap give me Ferris State over Saginaw Valley so a couple of teams idle this week Northwoods idle Michigan Tech's idle who else we've got uh, those are your two idle teams as I quickly do the math and, and, and try to figure it out in my head. They're great podcasting, Jake. Let's, let's be a little bit more on the ball, will we? Come on, come on, Whee! come on, Jake, come on. All right, I'm getting carried away here. Um, but uh, yeah, so eight teams in the GLEAX, six of them in action, two conference games, and then two non-conference games as well so there's your there's your simple math people two four six and then the two that are out northwood and michigan tech idle not out night out so bye week so that'll do it for gleak football weekly thanks as we kind of the the train's starting to come off the tracks a little bit trying to trying to trying to uh finish out this episode of gluliac football weekly hang with me folks hang with me i so appreciate you tuning in and i so appreciate sparky McEwen spending some time with us on gluliac football weekly my sincerest thank you to the davenport at athletic administration for helping me set that up and of course i i mentioned it earlier too but big thanks to tim knott and the grand valley state game day ops um for the hospitality last saturday i love going to gluliac football games and, and watching it all in person so much better than on the screen especially when you got to fight the 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 logins and and all that good stuff but uh no great week of football set uh uh, coming up all on saturday this week with the uh one o'clock kick between northern and davenport and culminating with the seven o'clock kick between ferris state and saginaw valley state i'm rambling you need to get on with your day i need to get on with my day we'll reconvene next week enjoyed it send me some comments we'll do some listener interaction feedback all that good stuff with a mailbag next week that is if somebody sends anything in so i feel like i'm talking to uh talking to a wall at times like i am right now literally talking to a wall and this microphone here but point being send me some feedback we'll talk about it this is that's what this is all about is getting in touch with our gliac faithful and and rapping about gliac football so until next time thank you all for tuning in have a wonderful week and i'll talk to you on the other side He's back, he's looking, still looking, he's going for the end zone, he's got a touchdown! Thanks for listening to Gleeck Football Weekly, tune in next time.